What's going on and welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Eikenhofer of Pelicans.com. We continue with our player recast from the 2021-22 season. Next up is, of course, CJ McCollum. The acquisition from Portland over the trade deadline really helped the Pelicans get to the first round of the playoffs, also the play-in in those two games. And we'll have some fun talking about CJ McCollum today. If you missed Brandon Ingram yesterday, what a great video by Aaron Summers. Again, a tremendous recap uh, on paper, or I guess online, with Pelicans. Do people do on paper anymore, Jim? Like, do I say on paper? You know what? It's funny you say that because as I sit here, I have three things printed out yeah. right in front of me on paper. So, But I might be the only one who still does. I, I do like to print stuff out instead of looking at a monitor 24 hours a day. That's Jim the Tree Killer Eichenhofer <laughs> at pelicans.com. No, but again, uh, the package that we try to do every day and it all starts with Jim's article, his article, a video package by Aaron Summers, and then our podcast kind of puts a bow on these players as we will continue to do so in these next few weeks. And this is a fun one to talk about. Again, they're all going to be fun, Jim. Um, but it's crazy to start with CJ and how we got to this point with acquiring him. And I think the big thing that sticks out to me, and I know it does for you too, is his willingness to want to come here. That was a request from him when he started working with the Blazers about um, maybe finding a new place to play for the second half of the season and for the future, Pelicans were number one as far as being a team that he wanted to join, which I I think says a lot about the organization, but also says a lot about CJ. I would compare what happened initially when he was acquired in a trade to kind of like a, a Christmas gift that you were not expecting, at least from my standpoint, and it just kept getting better and better. Initially, I didn't think it was realistic that the Pelicans could acquire him because you figure there's a lot of teams around the league that are in the running for him. And, you know, what are the chances that New Orleans is the one that is at the front of the list in terms of being able to have the assets and the the goods to give up to be able to land him? You find out that that's initially that it is realistic that you're going to get him in a trade. And then you realize with very quickly that not only were you at the your team at the top of the list in terms of getting him, being able to acquire him, but he you were at the top of his list in terms of places that he wanted to go. So I think within a very short amount of time, for me, I realized like what a what a, what an unbelievable uh, gift this is present for the city and everyone here to be able to get this guy. And and then the bonuses, his attitude about coming here was just exactly what you wanted to hear. And that's a credit to head coach Willie Green and the culture that he has uh, really set up. And then also David Griffin and what roster he's put around Brandon Ingram and guys like that. Because if it wasn't for that setup, I don't know if CJ is requesting what he is because it's not only what he saw with the coach or the players, it's just what he sees for the future and how much he wants to bring a championship or let this be known as a, a title contending team for years on out. Yeah, I saw it as a huge vote of confidence in a multitude of ways. I mean, to me, it was a big vote of confidence for the organization of saying, from his CJ standpoint, that I, I see you as where I want my future to be, and I have the trust and the faith in you. And CJ's even said it multiple times, I think, after his initial time here in other interviews where he's been like, I want to retire in New Orleans. I want to be here for a long time. So, I mean, that was great. It was a vote of confidence in his teammates in that I have – the, the faith in you to, and, and I, I have the belief in you and not just what you're able to do now, but your potential as far as 
as he's talked about multiple times in terms of Brandon Ingram's ability, Zion Williams' ability long-term, um, the other young pieces that they have on the roster, that was huge. And then the last vote of confidence to me was for the city of New Orleans itself, which I feel like we've talked about this over the years, that it feels like sometimes there's this like vendetta against New Orleans. I don't know what it is yeah. from national media. I mean, people that listen to this podcast have heard us discuss this many times, so I don't think I need to go over that ground again. But it just it feels weird sometimes that we just are in this position where we're constantly having to defend the city and the future of the franchise, et cetera, et cetera. So I think from a standpoint of people outside the organization or outside the team, it was so cool to see the fans just love the way that he came in and loved the city and said all these things that were you know, encouraging and things that we've been dying to hear for a long time in terms of guys that want to be here as opposed to people that have a foot out the door. So you add all those things up, and, I mean, it was it was incredible. Before, I mean, you could make the argument that before he even set foot on the floor and even made a basket, he had already made a massive impact. Yeah, absolutely. And I think us talking about it a little bit with Brandon Ingram goes back to what the national media and what they've said about this team or this city, and we're not going to go into it again, but um, I think – people's perspective on this city, on this organization, and on the players has changed dramatically in the span of now three months since the C.J. McCollum trade. Let's talk about now the adjustments that had to be made in order for this to be successful because it didn't look good early on. And I think everyone kind of expected, at least we did, that when you're trading for a type of player like C.J. and any player uh, that makes an impact during the deadline, it's not going to click like that. Mm -hmm. I mean... Everyone runs a lot of the same things, but there's so many plays in the language that's completely different on each team. So CJ may have known kind of what style they ran, but having to remember as a point guard too, remember the calls, remember what they have to run, not only on offense, mm -hmm. but on defense, it showed in the first couple, few handful of games, four of the first five they lost. And I think it was really good to see, because I didn't really see a lot of panic from fans, us. Sure. Because I yeah. think you kind of understand that. Mm -hmm. But then after the All-Star break, the four in a row that you win, you start off against the Suns, and you score 120-plus points every game and win by 20, 25 points, mm -hmm. including the Utah Jazz. Yep. I mean, the, I guess I should say the, how the adjustments made by everyone in that span, I mean, right once they started clicking, this team never looked back. I think there was definitely an understanding of that, it's going to take a little time to readjust and reacclimate as far as different roles. I mean, not only did they have to figure out like, how do we get him heavily involved in the offense? And he was extremely aggressive right from the first game that he played against Miami. He took a lot of shots and scored a bunch of points. Um, they had to figure that part out as other guys kind of took a little bit of a different role in the offense when he was here. And also they had to figure out how to replace what Josh Hart brought because obviously he was traded to Portland in that deal, I mean, you had to give up something to get C.J. McCollum significant. So those were kind of a couple different things that were going on at the same time that made it difficult initially. I also think, I mean, honestly, the competition that was tough, too. They played some of the best teams in the league during that stretch right before the All-Star break. And so I think that was a big part of why they had, you know, four losses in five games. But like you said, they came out of the All-Star break really hot, playing some of the best basketball they played all season. And um, the move to put Jackson Hayes in the starting lineup, I think helped a lot. Um, they figured out a way to, to play a big lineup. And I think that helped defensively as well as, you know, maybe rebounding wise and some of the stuff that they were getting in the paint um, kind of 
it just it fit better together than I guess what they had tried to do initially. So that was all huge. But I mean, you you know, with a player like McCollum, when you have somebody as good as him, that eventually you are going to figure things out, and eventually you're going to make a big jump. Um, I remember having the conversation in the first after the first couple games after the trade with a few people who were saying like, "Man, are you are you sure that this w- was the move that they should have done?" They they had started to play a lot better in um you know January and and the early part of February, but I said my response to everyone that said that was, "Trust me, C.J. McCollum is a different level of player. Like you know, the guys that left here, you're gonna miss what they brought." But when when you see him play game in and game out, you're gonna realize like that this was a trade that had to be made based on, you know how good he is. I mean, he's a all star caliber player. He's probably the best player in the league right now that hasn't been in an all star game. I think if he plays the way he did in the last couple months of the regular season here and carries that over to next year, he'll probably have a good chance to make the all star team. Especially if the Pelicans win at the rate that they did with him after he joined the team and when Brandon Ingram was healthy. So that's a long-winded way of saying that um, they it, it it took a little while, but man, after they figured things out and when they were healthy or their version of you know full strength, they were he made a massive difference and made them a team that was just so much more dangerous than before they traded for him. This is something I'm going to add before we get to the poll question here, and I want your thoughts on it. Not only off the court we talked about, but his experience in the playoffs, ninth straight year being in the playoffs, and an incredible streak. But someone that's played in every single type of situation besides mm-hmm. the NBA Finals. He's been in the play-in before, all the yep. way up to the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. With such a young team, and this is kind of something we stressed during our post-game shows and even pre-games, talking leading up to the play-in, how valuable CJ would be in this situation. And this goes back to yesterday when we talked about Brandon Ingram being a six-year I guess, veteran in the NBA and making his Mm -hmm. first playoff appearance, how a guy like CJ helps the Brandon Ingrams, the Herb Joneses, the Jackson Hayes, the Jose Alvarado's guys that had to play meaningful minutes in their playoff debut. They all pointed to CJ as far as what he was able to help them know about what to expect in these situations, the atmospheres they're going to see on the road. Mm -hmm. And I really think that helped this team, not only in the playoffs, but getting them there. Because when CJ got here, this team was not near a playing spot. They're right. still three, four games back of 10th. And you're like, all right, you still got to jump three or four teams. Mm-hmm. They started doing that and playing meaningful games. And that starts with CJ kind of telling them what this means. This, these two months mean to them in order to get to where they were uh, come April and beginning of April to the end of it. Yeah. And I think there were specific examples where he was a guy that they could lean on that they knew that, you know, some of the younger players that had never been in this position before, they knew that he was going to be aggressive offensively and that they were going to say, he was going to say, guys, I got this. I've been in this position before. I'm not going to need you guys to have to do more than what you've done all season. You can kind of, I don't know if relax is the right word, but you can kind of settle into your role not have to worry about, oh my gosh, the season's on the line. I got to go out there and score a bunch of points. I got to do all these different things. Like just do what you always do all season and the veteran guys, you know, namely CJ and Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas will take care of a lot of the uh, parts of the offense where it's like you have to go through through a player and you have to go to somebody in the fourth quarter for big shots. Um, to me, a couple of the examples that stand out immediately for CJ was the play-in game, which we talked about yesterday, where he scored 32 points against the Spurs 
And that was the first quote unquote postseason game. It wasn't a playoff game, but it was the first postseason game for a lot of the guys on this roster. So for him to step up the way that he did and have that massive first half, I think kind of made everyone have a little bit of a sigh of relief and say, I think we got this because we have this guy on our side. And then also the, I think it was the April 1st win over the Lakers. He made a couple huge shots in the second half in the fourth quarter in what was one of the biggest um, regular season games, wins that they had all season. And also one that came down to the last, basically the last shot that LeBron had a three-pointer that misfired at the buzzer. So, I mean, when they needed CJ to deliver in those positions, it was, I mean, you can't, it's hard to even put a value on how important it is to have someone like that. All right. So before we uh, wrap up here, let's go to the poll question again. For every player, there is a poll question out there. And the one way to look at it is to follow Jim on Twitter at Jim underscore Eichenhofer. So Jim, what was the poll question? And then what were some of the results you were seeing on Twitter? Yeah, the the question was, what was the best aspect of acquiring CJ McCollum in, in the February trade? I mean, there were so many responses to this question, which didn't surprise me because it just shows you how much people appreciated what we talked about earlier in terms of not only on the court, but even in some cases, even more so off the court. Um, so I'll highlight a couple of the responses that I thought were really well put um, from from at Bry Harrell. I hope I'm saying that right. He wrote, um, honestly, I knew CJ would be great on the court seeing him play for Portland all those years. The best surprise has been his total buy-in to the city and the team. It's amazing to see a guy embrace New Orleans like he has, especially given all the shade we often get from the media, which I know you and I have have addressed that in many instances before. Um, We're not the ones giving shade. No, no. We're the ones that complaining about the shade that's being given yeah. to and us. And people throw shade at us, but you know we, we block that away. <laughs> that's where the block button is. Right, mute. or mute, or yeah. mute, mute button. Um, another one kind of along the same lines um, from at Freaky Peasy, which I'm wondering, I'm wondering if this is your ghost account, but I guess not. It is. Okay. Can't confirm. It's been deleted now, though. <laughs> they wrote, um, it's the public show of the culture change in New Orleans. We knew prior to CJ being traded here, and even after CJ was traded, hear how special the locker room and the team was and will be, but CJ actively promoted it and brought it to the national media's attention. Um, we, this, I thought that was a really good point. It's, it's funny, even beyond you and I who are, are here every day and can see the players in person, see the way that they interact. I was impressed and really, I thought it was cool that fans really got a great, insight to that, even from afar of just watching the videos, watching the interviews, watching the squad documentary series that they did this year. Um, it was great that people got such a good perspective and such a grasp on that. So I thought that was, uh, another good point. And then lastly, um, at necked with me, 18 K N E C H T. All right. Um, the president of the players association telling people that new Orleans is a great place to play. After CP3 and AD, it became a trampoline place for stars. Now we may have a chance for long-term stars. So I thought that was People are going to trampoline to us. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, those were all... um, You know, one actually, one thing, one quick one I forgot that I wanted to throw in there. This will be... I promise this will be the last one. From At Grapple Report, which maybe this is a wrestling news Twitter account. Or is it Graffle? And it's Todd Gravanini's Twitter account. No, it's Grapple. Grapple. It's Grapple, unless I, I... had that wrong. Uh, they tweeted a time 
at a time when national media was making digs against New Orleans and the fan base, CJ chose to come here and immediately said, y'all got it all wrong, which I think that was, that's a great way to wrap it up yeah. of him just saying like all the stuff that we've heard before, all the BS that we constantly listen to, forget about it because things are going to go well here and I'm more than happy to be here and we're going to go forward and try to achieve everything that we want to. I think what most of them said as far as the cultural change and some of that was already building before mm -hmm. CJ, but if it wasn't for that building then CJ wouldn't have come here, but him committing like he did and going out of his way to say, I chose to be here. What I think was the best aspect because we know what type of player he is and what he's going to do for the Pelicans in the next couple of years. So that he wants to be here for a very long time. And I think that was the best aspect for me and, and what we have with CJ and the, the chemistry with this team. Uh, I think it's only going to get better and better. So CJ has been a huge asset. We look forward to seeing what he has coming uh, in the future for New Orleans. Speaking of what's up next, who do we have tomorrow? Jim, I can offer on the, on the player recap. Tomorrow is Jonas Valanciunas. All right. So Jonas Valanciunas will be on Wednesday. Then I believe Herb Jones Thursday, Correct. Thursday. And then uh, Jackson Hayes will be Friday. All right. So we'll do a five full podcast next week. will just be three, but we're also going to throw in an NBA draft lottery preview. So we'll bring our paddles and our ping pong balls and try to predict what will happen, but we'll get you all filled in on that next week. But yeah, tomorrow Jonas Valanciunas up next. So we appreciate you listening to CJ McCollum's player recap. For Jim Eikenhofer, I'm Daniel Salerson, and thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.